We are ready to begin. This week's Pasha is Pasha's Vayikra, and it's the beginning of Sefer Vayikra. So I figured it would be interesting for us to learn the introduction of the Ramban to the Sefer Vayikra that explains what the uh, Sefer Vayikra is about. And since uh, Purim is soon upon us, maybe we'll take a look at something regarding Purim. Um, okay, so the Ramban says, this Sefer is called Torah's Kohen and Vilevium. It's called Vayikra because of the first word, but it's also called the Laws of the Kahanim and the Levium. That's the name of the Sefer, Torah's Kohen and Vilevium. And in this Sefer is explained the matters regarding the Karbonus, regarding the sacrifices, and the keeping of the Mishkan, the Mishmeres uh, Mishkan, the maintenance of the Tabernacle. That's what this whole Sefer involves. Um, because, since we've had a book on regarding the Gullus, regarding the exile, Vahagu'ula Mimenu, and the redemption from it also, right? And that book, which is the previous Sefer, the Sefer Shemos, finishes with regarding the, the Tent of Meeting, the, the, the Ohal Moed, and the honor of Hashem that filled the tabernacle. And Hashem commanded that there should be sacrifices, and that the Mishkan should be properly maintained, that the tabernacle should be properly maintained, that the sacrifices in it should be a, uh, an atonement, and that the sins of the Jewish people should not cause Hashem to leave the tabernacle. And it commands the Kohanim that come close to Hashem that they should sanctify themselves. That the, this book warns a person about Tumas Mikdash Vikidosh of becoming impure regarding the, the, the sanctuary and anything that's sanctified that's in it. And also that people should not properly approach the places that are holy in the Mishkan. For example, as it says, as the Pasuk says to Aaron, Dabra al Aaron, speak to Aaron, Achicha, speak to Aaron your brother, Kodesh. he shall not come to the Kodesh every single time, referring to in Parshas Achrimos, when the Torah commands that the Kohen Gadol went into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, went into the Holy of Holies only one time during the year. He only went on Yom Kippur. So, the, uh, the Baruch, the, the Pesach continues, the Baruch is Pnei HaKapores, to the, to the face of the cover of the, of the, of the Aaron, Asher Al-Aaron, V'lo Yomus, and there he won't die. Ki ba'anon er al-Kapores, because in the cloud, I will appear to him on the, in the cloud, I will appear to him on the cover of the Aaron. So, so, so the, the Torah is warning, giving an advice of how to treat, how to maintain uh, Kiddusha in this place. The same way that it warns that a person is not allowed to walk in there. And, this, and then the, the, um, the uh, Mishkan is being sort of partitioned off. The tabernacle is being partitioned off 
as a holy place the same way that Har Sinai was, the same way that my Mount Sinai was. And the Ramban is referring to himself, to, the Ramban is referring to his commentary at the beginning of Parshish Shuma. At the beginning of Parshish Shuma, the Ramban says that if you think about it, Har Sinai, the experience of Sinai, was encapsulated in the Mishkan. The Mishkan is really a portable Har Sinai experience. So therefore you will find some factors, therefore you will find some factors such as uh, separation from the mountain, the encampment around the mountain, the divine presence of Hashem being on top of the mountain, similar to the Mishkan, the separation from certain parts of the Mishkan by certain people, the encampment around the Mishkan, the Hashem's presence in the middle of the Mishkan, you will find that it's the same. Because the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and then afterwards the Beis HaMikdash, is the Sinai experience. The Sinai experience stays with the Jewish people forever. In the form of, in the form of the Mishkan. Okay? Behold, most of this book deals with Karbanas, deals with sacrifices. With the laws of the sacrifice and those that bring it and the place where it should be brought. And then, there are some mitzvahs that follow this, these laws. There are mitzvahs that sort of um, are offshoots, are branches from these laws or come as a, uh, a secondary or a tertiary discussion from the laws of the Karbanos. That beginning, Hashem commands the sacrifices which are gifts, contributions. And it prohibits the fats that are prohibited to eat. And the blood, because of them. And then it commands in the carbonas that are brought as a result of sin. And then afterwards, it comes to eat, tell us that which, which foods are prohibited to eat. Because those foods make a person tummy, they make the person impure. And a person who eats or touches Kodesh, touches any of the carbonos, anything that's deemed to be holy, um, cannot touch some foods, and he cannot come to the mix, uh, to, to the mikdash. They cannot if they're if they're spiritually impure. There are some foods that they cannot touch, and there are certain places that they cannot go. Therefore, the Torah commands us about foods that are not are prohibited to eat, or foods that become tummy in the book of Ayikra. And if a person goes into the Beis Amidosh while they are tummy, while they are spiritually impure, they are obligated to, to bring a specific carbon that's called a carbon olaviorate, a carbon that goes up and down, that is already mentioned. Then, after that, the Torah requires the mention of the laws of Mitzorah, the laws of Tzeras, the, raw, the laws of this spiritual disease that comes on a person's skin. And then the laws of somebody who gives birth, or somebody has excretions from their bodies, because these people are all obligated to bring certain sacrifices. And therefore, within the context of the fact that they have to bring sacrifices, they have to be mentioned in the book of Ayikra. And therefore, it's the... Therefore, they are in safe Ayikra. Um, 
And then it warns the Jewish people not to be tame, not to be spiritually impure. They shouldn't die with their, with their, with their spiritual impurity when they go into the Mishkan. And then afterwards it follows a discussion with the prohibited relationships. Prohibited relationships which are illicit relationships where a person is not allowed to marry their relatives. Their parents, their sister, their brother, all the other things that the Torah prohibits are found in Sefer Vayikra because lying with such people causes spiritual impurity. And that causes the, Jew, the divine presence to remove itself from the Jewish people. And the whole point of the, uh, the Mishkan is for the divine presence to be housed amongst the Jewish people. So anything that is the opposite of that is going to be discussed in the book of Vayikra. That's why it's found in Vayikra. And also, if somebody does that by accident, if somebody has an illicit relationship by accident, then they are required to bring a carbon. They're required to bring a sacrifice. So therefore, they're mentioned also in the book of Vayikra. And after this, the Torah then mentions in the book of Vayikra the mitzvah of Shabbos and the mitzvah of Yom Tovim. And the reason for that is because of the carbonus, the special sacrifices that had to be brought on each yontif. Each yontif had its own uh, carbon that had to be brought. The carbon Pesach, the the Alechem on Shavuos, the, uh, the, the carbonus for all of the non-Jews on Sukkis, the uh, special service that had to be done on Yom Kippur by the Kohen Gadol. So all of the Yom Tovim are discussed and their laws are discussed in the book of Ayikra because it's related to the book of Ayikra because it ultimately has to do with the Karbanas and the specific services that have to be dealt with uh, regarding the Mishkan. <clears throat> so then he says, and most of the Parshiyas of this Sefer speaks to the Kahanim directly. Most of the uh, sections of the of the book speak. Now, this section, Vayikra, speak to the Kahanim directly, as it says. Dabriel Aaron, Vial Bonav, speak to Aaron and his sons. Tzavis Aaron is Bonav, command Aaron and his sons. Then in Parshas Kedoshim, it switches to some mitzvahs, as it says, Kedoshim to you. It speaks to all the Jewish people and says, "You shall be holy." Because again, a lot of these being holy has to do with Karbanas, so therefore it speaks to the Jewish people also. This is the Ramban's introduction to the book of Ayigra. The, gen- the, general- the general idea is that the Ramban is saying that the Ramban is saying that the, that the, the book of Ayigra is um, the maintenance of the Mishkan. So all of the things that are required for the, for the maintenance of the Mishkan, the bringing of the sacrifices, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, ma- the maintenance of, of, of spiritual purity, the laws of the Kahanim, the laws of the, of the deal with what type of animals are allowed to be brought. What, what kind of blemishes can a Kayan or an animal that, that, that's brought or the Kayan that has them can, can, can have or cannot have in order to be able to do the service? When can they do the service? When they cannot do the service? All these things are discussed in the book of Aikra because they all have to do with the maintenance of the Mishkan. 
So as we've done many times before, to put all the three all the all the three books together up until this point, is the Ramban says in his introduction to the book of Shmos, as he says that the book of Shmos is the Sefer Hagaula. It's the book of redemption. So the reason why it's called the book of redemption is he says like this. He says Sefer Bereshis is the book of Bereshis, the book of Genesis is called the Sefer Hayitzir, the book of creation. Obviously, because there are two creations that take place in the book in 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 Bereshis. One creation that takes place is the creation of the universe, as the Torah starts. Bereshis Baruch Hu Kimes Shemayim Yisarets. But the other creation that takes place is the creation of a nation. It's the creation of the Jewish people. So the whole Sefer Bereshis spends uh, the time to tell us about what led up to Avram Avinu. What followed Avram Avinu. And then it tells us ultimately that the Jewish people who were the, the family of Yaakov, who was the grandson of Avram Avinu, all of these people who com, um, uh, were as a whole, Klaisov became, was the, the seed of the Jewish people, all the 70 people that went down to Mitzrayim. The book of Reishis finishes with all of them going down to Mitzrayim. Because that is the end of the story of the creation of the universe and the Jewish people in that universe. So the Sefer Hagu'ula, the Book of Redemption, is also begins with the same. The Ramban says it also begins with the same story that it told at the end of the Book of Creation. The same way that the Book of Creation ends with the creation of the Jewish people, which ends with them going to Mitzrayim, the Book of the Geula of Redemption begins with the Jewish people being in Mitzrayim because they have to be redeemed from being there. So it starts with the same thing with with, with which it ended. The book of Shemos starts with the same topic that it ended the book of Bereshis. Because you need that same topic of the Jewish people going down to Mitzrayim to end the book of creation, but you also need it to begin the, the, the book of the, the Sefer Hagula. And the Sefer, ha, the, the Sefer Hagula does not end, the Ramban says, with Kriyas Yamsuf. The book of redemption does not end with the splitting of the Red Sea and the, and the Egyptians dying, because that's not the ultimate redemption. The ultimate redemption is Har Sinai. The ultimate redemption is uh, when the Jewish people have a utopian, so to speak, relationship with Hashem. That Hashem is there amongst them and there with Him. However, the book does not end with Parshas Yisro. Instead, it ends with Parshas Pikudei, because once the Sinai experience is over, then it has to be maintained. And the way that it's maintained is with the Mishkan. So the book of Geula, the ultimate redemption happens when the Mishkan is built. Once the Mishkan is built, then Hashem can dwell amongst the Jewish people the way He did at Har Sinai. Now that this relationship, so now the Ramban is to, to put together with the, this Ramban, together with the Ramban that we just learned, now that this relation, now that the universe has been created, the Jewish people have been created, now that the Jewish people have been redeemed and developed an ideal relationship with Hashem, now that relationship has to be maintained. And how is that relationship maintained? That's the book of Ayikra. The book of Ayikra is describing to us how to maintain the Mishkan how to make sure that the Mishkan is pure, how to make sure that we have a holy place, how to make sure that Hashem is there. And once we maintain the Mishkan, we maintain the relationship, the ideal relationship that we, that, that we develop with, with Hashem. 
And so therefore, if we have a holy place, if we have a place that is, that is Kaddosh, uh, then we have to treat it as such. And that is the book of Ayikra. The book of Ayikra tells us how to treat it, how to maintain it as Kaddosh, how to stay Tahar, how to be pure, not to be Tameh, how to bring properly Karbonus, and how to not to bring properly Karbonus, how to eat the right things, how to maintain ourselves properly, and how not to eat, and how not to eat the wrong things. Otherwise, we can't approach that relationship. We can't go to this holy place. And the book of education, the Sefer Achinuch, in the mitzvah of, in Parshish Truma, in the mitzvah of, I mean, you shall make for me a mishkan, and I will dwell amongst you. In that mitzvah, he describes that Hashem really doesn't need a place to come to. Hashem didn't need a place before He created the universe. He's got His own pad. He doesn't need He doesn't need to come to us. So He's not uh, asking us to build Him a house so that He should have a place. Everything that we are asked of, says the Sefer Achinuch, is for our own development, for our own good, for our own change. And as says the Book of Education, we all know that if a person acts a certain way, then they become a certain type of person. Once they become a certain type of person, then they change. Exterior actions influence how we are. So, for example, if we have a job where we're compassionate, then we become compassionate. Even if we're not compassionate by nature, we, uh, we uh, develop compassion by acting compassionate. When we take care, when we have to take care of people in our in, in our capacity, just reading a book, but uh, still reading the uh, I'm still reading the uh, David and Goliath by uh, what's his name uh, by uh, Gladwell. So there he has a story about this doctor who uh, Freyrich, I think his name is Frey, uh Forget his name. He uh, that developed a a drug for uh, children's leukemia or some kind of cure, some, not a cure, but uh, a way to cure a uh, high percentage or to put the kids into remission. So it's interesting. He says that uh, he says that um, if you went to a children's hospital before this fella was active. So the leukemia was causing all the children to bleed a lot. The leukemia was causing them to have a lot of bleeding. And so he realized that the bleeding must be because it has something to do with the blood, that there are not enough platelets or something in the, uh, in the, in the, right, because there was no class. So he wanted to inject, he wanted to inject them with, uh, with blood. And it worked. And then, uh, and then he, uh, before he started in this story, it says, this fellow is dyslexic, by the way, that's the point, of, that's the reason why he talks about it, but he says that before he, before he started, they used to give the children one drug, you know, they give them the chemotherapy, that gives the drug that's they, that kills, basically cells. So he came up with the idea of giving four drugs. 
like a like a combination of drugs, a cocktail. a cocktail, because he said that one drug kills a certain type of cell, the others escape or ad- adapt to it. But if you have four drugs, it's not so pashit. because the one, the cell that doesn't die from the one will die from the two, and the one that doesn't die from the two will die from the three. So if you don't wind up killing the patient, you might kill all the cells. And so he stopped. He managed stopped the bleeding or the rampant bleeding that was happening in the hospital. I mean, I mean the book doesn't, doesn't, he mean, he killed a couple of patients along the way. I mean, but, but uh, you know, he managed to stop the, that, that was his svara. His svara was they're going to die anyway. Not that he was trying to kill them, but he was trying to save them, but uh, the svara was that... Uh, they volunteered usually to be inexperienced, so usually that's... Uh, he, the svara was, was that, they, you know, might as well try it, why not? And then, and then it worked. And he, the he stopped the bleeding. What? As long as you're not the patient that's Well, the patient was going to die anyway. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Well, the people stopped bleeding. The children stopped bleeding at least. It's not as much. Not as profusely. And uh, he even had an idea. He even had an idea that uh, he even had an idea that there were, there, there were adult leukemia, some kind of type of blood disease where it uh, it took away but there was one blood disease that developed too much, that, I mean cancer, that developed too many white blood cells, and another one too little, or too, uh, too little white blood cells. So he decided to give the blood transfusion from the patients, the adults, <laughs> that had too many, to the ones that had too little. And it worked, a little bit. Wow. But the, the point, my point is like this, is that this fella had a lot of resistance. A lot of resistance. All the doctors said he's Michigan cop. They said that uh, you're going to give, if one drug kills the patient, four for sure is going to, colchicane four is going to kill. And what are you going to do? You're going to give the blood from the, from the patients that are dying too much blood cells to the patients that are dying too little blood cells. So you're going to give the other, the disease of the other one to these. And this is not the way we always did things. So this fellow was like Mamish, like a, a fighter, you know. He was a fighter. But what happens is, I mean, I don't know, but what happens is if you take upon a cause upon yourself, this is what the Sefer Achina is saying, if a person takes upon a cause of himself to be uh, compassionate, to care for people, then, I mean, and it tells stories about how people were resistant to him trying these things, and he would get up and bang on the table, this guy, and he would say, you're going to be killing children if you, if you, uh, if you, don't, if you, if you don't try my idea, because they're dying all anyway, right? You become a, a person becomes a champion, a fighter, and starts to care, even if in the beginning they didn't care, they get thrown into a situation, they start to care about the children, about, about, uh, about the patients, every single one of them. He says, he says that even the patients that he knew that were going to die, he sat with them the whole night. No, but I mean, with the, the parents. He told them, one second, it says there in the book, it says there in the book that this guy, he told them never, he said he never cried with a parent that the child is going to die. He always told them maybe, maybe something will happen. You never know. But I don't think people without Wait, one second, one more thing. And he said, he said that the doctors that were working in that ward by the children's ward, Mamish went crazy. Mamish went crazy. The doctors. He said he one doctor one doctor he had seventy patients that died in like a month. He said the Mamish went crazy. It was a, a crazy situation. You can go either way. 
Well, sorry, sorry. What do you want to say? I don't think people go into this kind of thing if they don't have compassion. Because I mean, we hear, we hear. I mean, especially when it's like when I was taking my paralegal courses, they had a course just on elder abuse. If somebody is taking care of somebody who's sick and they don't have compassion, they're not going to learn compassion because they have to learn The Sefer Achinef Mamish says not like you. He Mamish but says, reality, Mami, the Sefer Achinef says, if you, if you want to change, this is what you yes. should do. Okay, if you if you want to change, but you're by nature not a person who changes, Sefer Achinof says, Mamish, what you should do is force yourself to act as if, you know, let's say, for example, you hate somebody. You should act like you Mamish love them. <laughs> Give them a gift, call them on the phone, ask them how they're doing. The Sefer Achinuf says, that's why on Pesach night, there's a mitzvah. I think it's mitzvah, mitzvah number 15 or 16. Uh, in the mitzvah of the breaking of the bone, you're not allowed to break the bone of the Karm Pesach. The Sefer Achinuf says the famous statement, which we always say, Adam Nifl Kapifu Losov. A person is, uh, is, uh, is changes according to their actions. On Seder night, we act like we're free. So that we should feel like we're free. Because if we act like we're free... You know, I just thought of an idea. As I'm saying this, my mommy just thought of this idea. The dub is like this. Is that, I was always had bothered by the Sefer Achinuch, but I think now, right here and now, we have an answer, maybe. Tell me what you think. The Sefer Achinuch says, there's a mitzvah that a, the Gemara says in Pesach, and the Mishnah says, person is obligated to, we say in the Haggadah, person is, is chayef to see themselves as if they left Mitzrayim, right? So what's the Sefer Achinuch solution? Act like you just left Mitzrayim. Sit, lean, drink wine, act out the Seder, act out that you were bitter with the herbs and this, and then you had the matzah, then you had the wine, right? And if you do that, then you're going to feel like you're free. That's what Sefer Achinuf says. A, a king doesn't break his bones. He just asks for another piece of meat. Doesn't need to break. Therefore, it's prohibited to break the bones of the Karm Pesach, so that we should feel like we're free. Correct? This is what uh, this is what he says. So I was bothered by the by. How long does the seder take? Many hours. Twenty minutes. <laughs> the seder takes twenty minutes. Or it takes many hours. Let's say it takes four hours. So after four hours, it could take thirty minutes. So so now like so now, that's what the sefer achinoch says. Uh, it takes four hours. So I was thinking. Four hours? I don't feel free after four hours. You feel like going to sleep after. What? You feel, like going to sleep. feel like I'm going to sleep after. But now I'm thinking like this. Perhaps maybe the Tedditz is after 20 years of four hours. Once a year. Now I feel like I'm free. I mamish feel like I left Mitzrayim. It's <laughs> building up. Because it's all, it, it, uh, after a while, you know, you have the Seder. That's what we have. We have the Seder. We act out like we're free. Happens every single year. Every single year, there's a little bit more a bite on the consciousness from the exterior action. There's a little bit more of a wear, uh, of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a formation. All of the mitzvahs, as the Sefer Achinov says, are designed to affect us in a certain way when we act with them. So when we act with the, with the, with the, with the, um, with the Seder, year in and year out, every single year, we're drinking the Dalit Kaisis, we're eating the Matzah, we're eating the Mara, we all know. Uh, but the Dacharoises, right, it becomes a part of us, not just from one night. 
So the Sefer Achino says, we do Taka feel like we're free like a nation. We all free. We all feel like we left Mitzrayim. We don't feel like slaves. Nobody feels like they're still in Mitzrayim. Why? Because there is on the consciousness of the whole nation of year in, year out, making the Pesach Seder affects us. To, to read the Haggadah, to make the declaration, all the stuff. It affects us. Do you recommend that book? Which one? Um, I don't know. I'm not finished with it yet. But yeah, why not? Oh, that one? I just read links. It's very interesting. I mean, basically, I mean, he says a dvarim that we already know. The dvarim that we already know is is that um, what the Ramban says at the end of Parshas Vayera, why does Hashem give a person a test? What? So the, the, there's, a, there's a dispute between the Ramban and the Rambam, and I and I uh, I think the Rambam says, if I recall correctly, the Rambam says the reason why a person Hashem gives a person a test. The question is like this: This is the philosophical question. Hashem doesn't need to give a test; He knows what the person is going to do. But what does He have to test him for? Oh. You know, it's like this: If I test you whether you know uh, algebra, right? I got to test you because I don't know whether you know it. Correct? Mm-hmm. So why does the Rabbanu Shem have to give a test on algebra? He knows before the test whether you know the te- whether you know it or not. You don't. You don't know. Oh, so 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 one is is the, I think the Rambam, if I'm not confusing the both of them, says it's to show everybody else what the person is capable of doing. Hashem wants to show. Oh, you see, you want to look at this tzaddik right here. This is a tzaddik like this. He's willing to shech his son for me. The Ramban says that the reason why Hashem is, is uh, bringing a test is because He wants to bring the potential into actualization. He wants the person to become the person that He is. Or that He, that he potentially can be. It's good you can pass the algebra test because you know the algebra test, but you haven't passed it until you've taken it, right? So Hashem wants the person to be the person who passed the algebra test. He wants to bring... So this is what this book is basically about. The book is basically about explaining why David beat Goliath. And that is because people with disadvantages, who overcome their disadvantages, actualize their potential with their, their efforts to strive to compensate for the things that they are weak in. And Goliath always underestimates that. And that's why he always loses to David. And David is really the favorite. Because David has developed skills that Goliath had never dreamed of. Goliath always had good parents. He never had sickness in his family. He never had any challenges. And therefore, he is who he is. So he coasted. So that kind of person just coasts along... Yeah, I mean, he says, he, he, shows, he, show, he shows that a person, he shows, I, I didn't mean to give a drasha here on this book, but he shows, he says that there are studies that were done that most presidents or most people in power, a successful parent, uh, have lost a parent when they were very young. Oh, that's challenging. What? See? Take a look at Ray right here. Yeah. <laughs> successful man. Yeah, well, maybe. He says because children who lose parents when they're very young uh, have have faced the worst. Well, in their minds, in their minds, there is nothing... What? What? That 
That's why Lizzie Borden killed her mother with an axe. There, there is, there is, there is, well, okay, the people who overcome this, people who overcome this. A person who's successful, who loses, a person who loses a, 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 a parent when they're young, in their imagination, there's nothing worse that can happen to them. So therefore, they're not afraid to, to throw caution to the wind. They got nothing to lose because they've lost it all. That's what he says. And that's why they succeed. Because they're not scared to take chances. They got nothing to lose. Yeah, but to be perfectly fair, he didn't, he doesn't, somebody who writes a book with that thesis, is going to look for stories where the thesis brings out what he wants to prove. It doesn't mean that this is actually, uh, if you took a poll, you wouldn't find out. You got to read the book, you got to read the book. He's just quoting studies. He himself I know, but you pick, you know, you know about statistics. You can get statistics to prove anything. Well, it's a Ramban. It's a Ramban. It's a Ramban. A person who's challenged and overcomes the challenge is stronger. And then some of them are not. Well, of course. Some people allow... People allow... You can have a a person who's a... What's his name again? They wrote the book uh, about... From the war. From the Holocaust. What's his name again? One person? Which one? Richter, you can can be a Victor Franco. You could be a Satma Rebbe. Not that we should put the two together and and lose your entire family and build an entire movement from scratch. You could be a Bob of a Rebbe who lost his entire family. Or you can be a guy who would say there is no God. Or you could be a Viktor Frankl. Or you La- could just be a broken person like some of my teachers in Beis Yaakov. Bela, we've been talking about this the last 10 years. Yeah. So you're, you're only, of course you're going to be a broken person because you know what happens? What happens is Hashem takes all this weight, puts it on your shoulders, and then it's up to you to see if you're going to be broken by it. It's easy for me to say. It's easy for me to say. Hold your hands up like that. That's right. All right. So, so the book... In other words, nobody writes books about the failures. That's what, that's my, that's what I'm saying. That book, so the fact that somebody wrote a book doesn't mean... That it bears itself out in actual life. That's winners write the history. Losers, that's you right. forget about exactly, it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Only the winners can write the history. That's right. And other writers pick the winners to write about. They don't pick the losers to write about. Them. I'm sorry, but you're being uh, you're being uh, you're not being optimistic. I'm being cynical. But it's, no, it's the truth. You, are you being cynical? What is the person? What is the the person yeah, who is like the person who is being cynical? What do they say? The glass is. Uh, I'm not sure. No, they say I'm telling the truth. It's I the reality. I'm telling the truth, but I think it's a true observation that Malcolm Gladwell is not going to write a book about losers. A person who is being pessimistic says, <coughs> "It's just the truth. That's all it is. I'm being realistic." They never say. I am being pessimistic. They say I'm being realistic. This is reality. This is what it is. Of course. No pessimistic person ever says, I'm being pessimistic. I'm being negative. No. So, now, so, therefore, therefore, the book of uh, Vayikra is the maintenance of, basically, the book of Vayikra from, a, from afar, from a long distance, is the maintenance of the relationship uh, that we have with Hashem, and that's why when we don't have the uh, when we don't have the Beis Hamikdash, right? When we don't have the Beis Hamikdash, 
That's why we are not in an ideal situation. And therefore, even though the Jewish people can be in Yerushalayim, and they can be, uh, they can have their own army, and they can have their own state, we are still in Golis. Because the Sefer Hagaula, the Book of Redemption, ends with the building of the Mishkan. It doesn't end with the Jewish people being together, or some of them being together. It ends with the building of the Mishkan. And if the, if the Mishkan is not built, and the Rabboni Shalom is not there in the full bloom, then it's Golis. doesn't matter where the, Gullis, where, where the Yid lives. So the Yid can live in Yerushalayim. The Yid can live, you know, in the old city. They can get the apartment, even though it costs twenty zillion dollars. They can get the apartment in the in the old city. It's still in Gaulus. because there's a mosque on top of the uh, there's a mosque on top of the Makamamikdash. There's no shechina there. Like there should be in an ideal sense. There is no relationship for us to maintain, except like we you know like we just went today to the uh, to the school where the kids are making a project. So they make a, they made a. A little model, you know, Mizbeach and a menorah and this, and they explained it. So we have little models, but we don't have, we don't have, we don't have the Mishkan. We don't have the, we don't have the Beis The relationship is, is is not there. So the Sefer Vayikra is how to maintain that relationship. Even though we don't have the real the Beis Even though we don't have the Beis and one of the famous examples of maintaining that relationship in the Sefer Achinoch himself, the book of education there in the, in, in, quotes in Ramban, I think it's in Parshat Tzav, that says that one of the, uh, we can look at the Karbonos in this way also. We can look in the Karbonos in this way also, that when a person brings, when a person, uh, severs their relationship with the Rebona Shalolam, by, do, by committing an infraction, then they are distancing themselves to, uh, from, from Hashem. And the Karbonos is a way by action to bring ourselves close to the Rabbanu Shalom. Every, sing, every single thing that, that the uh, Karbonos, that the sacrifice in, involve, that whole service brings us closer to Hashem. And the Sefer Achinoch says that when we have a place that's holy, then we have to act holy. Once we act holy, we become holy people. That's why the Torah in 